Hey everyone, it's Amber Love from Vodka Clock Podcast at AmberOnMath.com. Don't forget, we are labeled as an explicit website and podcast. So, um, you know, if you're easily offended by foul language, then you probably wouldn't be friends with me or listening to me anyway. Um, today, my guest is Dave Ryan, who's joining the show for the first time, but Dave and I go way, way back. It's like ages. You know, he's a New Jersey creator, and so we always run into each other everywhere. So, Dave, welcome to the show, finally. Hi, Amber. Welcome. Uh, great to be here. Um, so, it's it's awesome seeing you on the, the convention circuit and stuff, because, um, you know, getting getting to know the independent creators is always, like, such a fun thing for me, because, um, I don't know, it's just there's an approachability, usually, that, you know, isn't necessarily there with, you know, yeah. people hidden under the big giant banners. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree, yeah. I mean, it's good to be back out there. We took off almost two years, or a year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. And um, I teamed up with Joe Martino. He did Shadow Flame. He's coming out with uh, Mighty Titan stuff, and we formed a little stronger Red Anvil. <clears throat> and now we've, uh, you know, we're supposed to get, to get together this week, but we got destroyed by Hercules Stonestorm, so... <laughs> Yeah. And uh, we're going to figure out what conventions we're going to exactly. We have a bunch of them lined up. So uh, it'll be exciting this year and a bunch of new books coming out. That's, so That's great. Yeah. That convention um, trail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's actually, I w- I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the things I wanted to talk about was the newly formed uh, Red Anvil comics and what the status is and what your roles are since you're working with, with Joe Martino. Um, so... You know, before I knew you because of War of the Independence, and you know, and I knew knew Joe separately because of Shadow Flame, and then he kicked off the Mighty Titan. So now you guys are a new partnership. So explain, uh, you know, what that's like for you know for indie creators to get together, and what your structure is like. I'll tell you, um, years ago, a bunch of indie creators and small companies tried to get together, but it, it sort of fell apart, and. Um, <clears throat> I know Joe for a long time, and we started kicking around a few times. And uh, maybe six months ago or so, I said to him, "Let's do this. You know, let's let's get together and then do it." And uh, Joe's uh, properties are strong. Joe has his certain um, strengths, and I have my strengths, and we work well together. And um, I think uh, you're going to be pretty happy. Plus, we push each other. Um, which is kind of what you need when you're, especially if you're standing alone as an independent. I mean, it's easy to sit on the couch and <laughs> and uh, pop open a snowball and watch the rest of the TV and get to it later. But when you got a partner, you really have to keep up with them and keep up with what's going on. So yeah, yeah I meant yeah. that that helps, uh, you know, keep you keep you motivated and, like you said, for the accountability purpose as well. Yeah, absolutely. To, you know, to say you have to answer. So that's how it was actually when I when I worked on Shake and Shakespeare. Um when I had a writing partner, it was great because I would I would bounce, you know, my parts over to Kristen McHugh and get her feedback and, you know, she'd take a look at things and and help explain things and bounce it back to me and I I felt like I had more of an internal deadline that way. Yeah, it is good. I mean, that's another, I mean, not to jump ahead, but that's another great thing I have when uh, working with Rob Sodaro, especially on Owl Girls. Um, Rob's a fantastic writer, but he's very open to suggestions, and we all work on it together. And I think the combination of us working on it together, especially if you're working with someone who's um, a very good writer but doesn't have a big ego, 
and can work with you. Um, I think it's the combination of sort of all of our suggestions to Rob, and he weaves together such a, a great story. I mean, um, with Owl Girls, I'm talking about specifically. It's just really uh, turning out great. And issue three right now is I, I've read it, and I'm I'm excited about it. <laughs> I mean, just for a script to get through. Now we're halfway through number two, and now uh, number three is just really good. It gets really juicy in number three. So um, are are you? I remember when I had talked to you in Virginia Comic Con. Um, you're not specifically the publisher of Owl Girls. You are. Um, you're sort of like doing what the plotting and then turning it over to Rob. No, we um, um, we are the publishers of Owl Girl. Right. Um, but I mean, your role specifically. We're also the creative role. team. I work with uh, Raquel with the artwork. And I also work with Rob with the writing. Not so much with Rob with the writing. I may give him some suggestions or, or plot twists and stuff like that. And so so uh, might Raquel. But uh, um, I'm specifically working a lot with the artwork. Okay. And what was your art background to begin with? Because um, this is a really different looking book than things I've seen you do before. Well, yeah, this book... Um, I'll tell you, I'll, let me just go back to the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> yes. Uh, Raquel, in the beginning, Ra- Raquel, I didn't know her, and she was uh, she liked a few of my um, uh, illustrations I had on Facebook, and uh, she, her icon was this cute little illustration she did of her children's book. So I looked, and I thought it was cute, and I went into her pictures, and um, some of her comic book art that she was trying to press along was uh, heavily Mike Magnola. But her children's book stuff was very fanciful and uh, wistful and had such a nice look to it. So we began speaking and she had a folder in uh, pictures uh, called Owl Girls. And I was asking her what it was about and she sort of had a loose idea about what it might be. And we just developed it up into, uh, I was trying to work with her, moving her away from uh, Mike and Viola stuff and, uh, for the moment, and then trying to get her to use her um, children's book style into her comic book work. And now she's creating a nice fusion between the two. Um, I do all the breakdowns and the edits of the art, and we change stuff, and, um, and the final piece is uh, really good. I love, I, love, I love the work, and it's great. I mean, I, I, in Photoshop, I'll put in 1940s paper, uh, wallpaper in the background, and all the furniture is... Uh, from that time, and all the dresses are from that time, and it's it's a fun book to work on. I'm telling you, it's great. Yeah, it, I mean, it's visually spectacular. I, it's I was so excited, and then when um, when Raquel found me on Facebook, I guess because I, I took a picture of me, you know, with the comic holding it at, at your table, and uh, you know, she's just delightful, and I, it's really um, to to try and describe the visuals is. Uh, like I, I know I won't do it justice because I'm not an artist, so I wouldn't use the proper terms or anything. But uh, like the inking is so fine. Um, is this? Do, is she all digital? Do you no, know? No, she's all hands on. Oh, okay. She's hands on. Um, any digital stuff is through me, but it's it's not that much. I mean, I, I mean, I'll do the enhancements, and um, when she sends me the files, I'll clean it all up, and then I turn it that green gray which okay. is like a Davies Gray. Um, and 
I like it that color. I mean, I like the color covers, but yeah, no, I noticed the color right away. How it's I like it. It looks like it gives me a sort of um, it's a yes, it's a sort of a black and white book, but it also with that green tint to it, I, I I'm in love with it. So <laughs> I'll be hard pressed to make it a full color book. Yeah, no, I, I it's very noir the way that it is. Um, so artistically, when you um you open up scenes in New York City in the 40s. Uh, you've got like Harlem and Little Italy and stuff like that. Are those, like, are you taking old photos and somehow sticking them in the background? We, uh, I, grab, I grab all the references and I'll send them to her and then she hand draws whatever it may be. Oh, that's so wild. Yeah, we make sure it's time period stuff and everything's correct. Yeah, it's. I mean, it really is cool to see the different different neighborhoods introduced. Um, and you've got and Raquel. We're going to be talking to her soon. She's actually over in Italy, so it's interesting that these characters are supposed to be Italian American um, here in New York City during this particular time period. Uh, it's just. Uh, I know it's the 40s and not the 60s or whatever, but it's, it is very cool to see the fashions and, and stuff like yeah, that. We, um, well, what we're going to be doing is we'll have the, their origin of where they specifically come from. They're, the girls are actually from Italy, and they meet uh, Jebediah, the guy who owns a mortuary, as he's in the army in Italy, and he gets injured, and you know, you'll have to see the rest when it happens. But they're specifically they're from Italy. Okay, yeah, because it's all the the names are Italian mm-hmm. that that were introduced to. Um, so, since I knew you from superhero comics and stuff, or were comics something that were you've always like had in your mind since you were a kid? Oh yeah, I mean, I I was in, I guess my mother um, had me in art school when I was five, and I have comics from back then, you know, from the sixties, and. Um, I guess I was never heavily into art because I was always doing sports and stuff, being six five. <laughs> right. And nobody around me did any sports or collecting the comic books. <clears throat> I um kind of didn't get back into it till maybe college or so. And then it was more of illustration stuff. And um it was only till a little later I dabbled in comics and went back and forth and I sort of came back into it a few years ago. It's um one of the things, though, about, you know, because I, like I, I mentioned, the War of the Independence, uh, which is was your project before Owl Girls, mm-hmm. um, and and Joe Martino uh, does, you know, really loves superheroes, too. It's, people are always saying that it's impossible to make superheroes, you know, because of the, the big mainstream stuff. Like, I guess everybody expects to make, you know, a billion-dollar movie deal or something. I don't know. But people just like right. characters and, like, characters with special powers. And even in Owl Girls, we're, we're starting to feel the supernatural elements, right, in issue one, that there's something very different other than their appearance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Joe and I love the superhero genre. We grew up on it. And um, Joe's new book he's working on, The Mighty Titan, takes a really unique... Uh, uh, take on this hero. Not that it hasn't been done before, but the Mighty Titan winds up getting cancer. And right. Joe was a twice survivor. So he, Joe really tells a story from the heart, from his point of view, what it was like to tell his children, what it was like to tell his wife, what happened in his marriage fell apart. You know, all these things are incorporated into the Mighty Titan, who's basically a super, you know, Superman kind of character. But 
you really get to the core and feel it in the book. So it's uh, it's a good. I think Joe really, you know, is doing a great job in the book. The um, and the Owl Girls, um, it's it. I, I mean, I'm I'm very excited. I'm almost a, a huge fan of this thing more than sort of an artist. I mean, I I I like the fact of where it's going. I like the fact that um, it's successful um, in sales, even just at the conventions we're doing with women and it's almost strictly women um especially what's going on today with all these misogynistic guys or i got, i don't know how the hell it's happening i mean it's not gonna happen anywhere around me i can tell you that much but um it yes it's possible to write a popular you know um not popular but it's 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 you can write a comic book that people are going to like where women are the main characters and they're not hacking people's legs off or you know smashing or dominating the world or something like that or something. Uh... Right. Like these, you know, because you're staying true to the fashion of the time period and everything. So they're, they're modest, even though there's like, you know, the, the sneak underwear shots of like, you know, when one of them's getting changed and, you know, somebody surprises her through the door. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like a gratuitous thing. Um, okay. You know, it's not, you know, mostly naked women running around solving crimes or something like you, you know, you've specifically, set up something that's that's genuine but they're just these very strange bizarre animal quality characters and, that, and i i want to learn more about the owl girls themselves so should i talk to rob about that or are you willing to, to oh no i'll off? go as far as i can and then we can uh hand it over to i think raquel is gonna be up next she's waiting um but i'll tell you that's funny that scene right there was all uh raquel's twist on it with what she was wearing and stuff. Uh, it was just a boy coming at the window and looking in on her and Raquel drew that scene with her. Um, and I think it's honest, you know, it's like, uh, <clears throat> it's another great thing about this book. Um, they, I guess they've lived in Raquel's mind for such a long time. They're drawn with such an honesty and then written between the three of us with, uh, the characters are forming and, um, there is this just honesty about them, which I love. You know, it's not just them. I, I really specifically don't care about what powers they have. And I don't really even care that they have owl heads. It's sort of, it's nice to look at and stuff. It's fun. But, you know, they, um, I love the story behind it. Well, it's, it's so funny that um, you talked about uh, her having a Magnolia influence because when I watch the Hellboy movies, that's how I feel about those characters is I don't see them as creature characters at all, even though they're all very awesome looking. Right, right. You know, uh, but with the, you know, like Hellboy and, and Liz having, a, you know, a romantic relationship and stuff, it just, it doesn't feel awkward. Like, it doesn't feel like he's some other kind of creature. And in the Owl Girls, you have the oldest sister, Magdalena, has a, a romantic uh, storyline already. So, um, like, did you, like, you didn't feel any awkwardness, it seems like, from from what you're saying. Awkwardness with what their relationship with, yeah, like having you know having the completely human people with you know whatever we're calling the owl girls. Right. No, I I, I didn't really feel awkward about uh, putting that together at all. And you'll see another relationship starting to bloom in issue three, uh, which is pretty uh, interesting. And there's a bunch of troubles going on, and but. Yeah, it doesn't particularly affect too many people. I mean, and you'll see, you see in issue one how 
the outside people in Little Italy are afraid of them or scared of them, uh, but they don't do anything particularly to um, uh, cause such fears. Right, um, and this, like they, uh, they when they do leave the house, they they have veils covering their faces and stuff. And this is something that, um, you know, it's to think about in in today's world that there are people that have other sort of, you know, birthmarks or deformities or conditions, uh, you know, and they, it's like this is just we have such an intolerance or such a shock value that when we see somebody different from us, that it's, um, you know, they're like, there's that embarrassment for some reason. Yeah, or religions, you know, that's another, or, yeah. yeah, I mean, <clears throat> um, yeah, I think we'll deal with, um, with a lot of that stuff. I don't think, um, uh, no, uh, besides the people in the street, no one has really shocked by their look because most of it takes place in the house in the first issue. Um, in the second issue, they go for a picnic. <laughs> it's sort of like it, it's an innocence about the book too, which I love. You know, and uh, they enjoy themselves. And you know, it's true. Jebediah and Magdalene are fearful of the outside world, and they can take advantage of the girls. And the other girls don't listen too much about that. Not too much worry, especially about the youngest sister. And uh, you're seeing issue three. She's not really worried too much about the outside world. Right. One of them is, it has uh, really no, no fear of it and just yeah. wants to interact and socialize like a regular. Right. Person. She's the one who sneaks out in issue one and uh, helps uh, Enrico's uh, baby sister. No. Um, what's, it's probably not surprising, but my favorite character is this creepy old woman. That's like a grim reaper death be like what is this the the madam who is basically death. is like yes. she is death she's like there are you know she refers to them as her daughters even though they're not and so tell me about death because she's just extremely awesome looking she was um she turned them into the owl girls uh, as you you'll see with the um with the origin issue we do and she just followed them um i guess she didn't have to follow them she's omnipresent <laughs> But she's, uh, you know, she followed them from Italy and and shows up with them and has them uh, help her here and there. Not that they, I don't think she particularly needs help, but she has uh, an affinity for them. So we'll see where that lies. And Jebediah sort of is not afraid of her, <laughs> but I think underneath he is. But then you have the uh, his helper in there <clears throat> is uh, extremely afraid of her. Yeah, that was. Um, I, I'm sure that was intentional. That Jebediah is the uh, mortician, right? Yeah, and you know, here she is, is the you know embodiment of of death, or you know, comes calling. Now, when it um, since Raquel had already established Owl Girl somewhere in her art portfolio, did she already have death like specked out? Um, I. Don't know. I think she developed it along the way. Before Rob had had started writing, um, she developed the character, and I think Rob took it and made it into death. I'm not positive. Raquel may have may have made it into death uh, in the beginning. Okay, because um, I was wondering uh, like where the design of her came from. I can I can ask Raquel. 
Yeah. Come on, she designed a character. I, I make sure I love the legs. It's like these wooden yeah. legs. <laughs> and I make sure she draws those knobs sticking out the side and we can see some of the wooden leg and stuff. Yeah, I love it. Well, before I get to um, to Raquel and to Rob, since uh, issue one was funded on Kickstarter, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your Kickstarter experience. Okay. Um, was this your first time crowdfunding? No, we did War of the Independence, which was the second, uh, I believe, Kickstarter, comic book Kickstarter, back in 2010. Wild. Uh, that was a while uh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Athena Voltaire was, believe, the first one. Steve Bryant said Athena Voltaire. And... You know, it was tough back then because a lot of people had not even heard of Kickstarter. So I felt like a car salesman back then. And um, <clears throat> But we were successful with it. And <clears throat> Joe does his uh, – Joe has done three so far. Um, yeah, I know he's approaching them. Like he's doing each issue individually, I think, right? Yeah, he has – we have four issues basically of uh, Titan done right now. Okay, and, so Owl Girls was the the Kickstarter was to fund issue one specifically. Yes, that was just for issue one and issue two. We're um, we might do another uh, Kickstarter for issue two. It's about halfway drawn, and um, we're going to send. We're actually sending a package. It was supposed to be this week, but we got snowed in. <clears throat> but we're sending a package down to Diamond, and I believe the first book we'll have out through Red Anvil will be the Mighty Titan. And then what I'm going to do is take um, the first three issues of uh, War of the Independence, and then we also have uh, a couple tie-in books. And then we have um, the sort of Marvel handbook profiles right. of a lot of the characters, and we'll make a big graphic novel for the first three issues. We have two tie-ins and then a bunch of handbooks. And then after that, we'll do issue four of War of the Independence, and then Owl Girls. So it's going to be probably in the summer, Owl Girls number one will hit the stands. Okay, that's great. Meanwhile, you're selling them at conventions. Yeah, we'll do the convention things. And the, the ones at the conventions are um, either a Kickstarter with a card or, I mean, I don't really particularly like to do that because I like to keep the Kickstarter unique. Um, and then we're going to print up some of the other uh, regular number ones so you'll be able to have them before they come out in the stores and stuff. Like issue four of War the Independence will be at the Asbury Park Comic Con before it hit the, hits the stores. Okay, and I think that's April? Uh, that's in April. Yeah, what, you know what's good about that is, uh, you know, we had Rick Parker. Each each uh, issue of War the Independence is a flip cover, so we have two different covers with two different artists. This issue number four is Don Simpson, who used to do Megaton Man, and Rick Parker from Beavis and Butthead, and they'll both be there at the convention, so you can get them signed by uh, both artists, which is great. Both of those guys are fantastic. Okay, that's great. Um, yeah, the Asbury Park Comic Con is is moving uh, to you know, one of the hotels now, so um, I look forward to checking that out this year because the last place it was really just didn't have a wasn't set up very well. Well, you know, we tried to do it inside the uh, convention center, and they were trying to close it down because of you know. Um, yeah, it needed like renovation. I'll tell you what. Yeah. About two weeks after the, after we had the comic con, part of the ceiling fell down in the middle <laughs> in the middle, so yeah. we're lucky. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, Cliff is going to have that across the street now in the in the uh, hotel, and that lot that's right across the street, that big empty lot, is going to be a fair that he's going to have with it. Well, that's going to be great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to it this year because it really did. It really could have used some improvements, and it sounds like Cliff has gotten a handle on things. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's all exciting. moving in the right direction. Yeah. 
Yeah, because New Jersey really needs it. I swear I'm like a broken record every time I record I, something and talk about conventions. But, like, yeah, New Jersey really needs a nice, good show. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll do really well this time. I mean, we did well the last time. Uh, he's an incredible guest. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sitting right next to Bob Camp and uh, Al Jaffe. I mean, like, yes. Know, Al Jaffe came over to my table. I almost fell over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. Well, Dave, I will let you go so that I can talk to the rest of your team. Um, but I want to make sure that people know where to find you so that they can keep up with Red Anvil and all the news. Sure. So, you can find us on Red Anvil, uh, Red Anvil Comics on Facebook or the Red Anvil Comics.com. Okay, great. And of course, you know, like I said, uh, keep an eye out for, for Joe Martino and Dave Ryan at conventions, um, very personable and approachable and they love to talk about comics and, um, so you can't really miss those banners. There's nice, big, <laughs> nice, big banners. My nine foot Dave Ryan banner. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right. I love it. All right. So, uh, so, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> thanks Dave. Okay, everybody, we are talking with Raquel Aragno, and she is joining me, and she's all the way in Italy here to talk about Owl Girls, because this is such a spectacular book, and you just heard me talking to Dave Ryan from Red Anvil Comics. So, hello, thank you. Yeah, thank to you. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm very proud to, to talk about uh, uh, our comics, Owl uh, Girls and uh, to talk uh, with you. Thank you. Tell me, where did you get this idea? Okay. Um, in, in, um, in my mind, all girls uh, are, are from, uh, from some years uh, because I have had uh, a bad period and, uh, in my life. And in this period, I start to draw these, uh, these, uh, these creatures. Uh, women uh, with all uh, heads. Um, so this is for for uh, not not for a really a really cause, uh, but um, but because uh, um, I think that uh, they are came out from my mind like uh, I need uh, I need of help from me. Um, like uh, I can't speak, uh, like I can't be um, a, a woman in in this bad period. So uh, um, they are for 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 me very important. They're you made them very beautiful, and at the same time, they're very serious. Thanks. Their faces, um, when we do get to see their faces, their eyes yeah. specifically, like they look uh, very determined and um, like because they're sisters, their personalities are still there. Yeah. Do you have sisters? No, I haven't. Uh, but um, I think that uh, um, I, um, I have a, a really bad, a really great um, um, relation with my mother and my and my uh, uncle. Uh, so uh, we had blonde hair, red hair, and black hair, and I think that uh, all girls are. Are, are us. <laughs> okay. Um, 
do you plan to do more books after Owl Girls? Um, no. Okay. You could because this is going to take a while. Take like, uh, like about Owl Girls. Yeah, Owl Girls. You're doing how many? Like four books. Ah, oh, um, they are. Um, we we think that uh, we need to to, to um, introduce uh, Owl Girls to people with five issues. Okay. And then we we can see if uh, if people love them, uh, so we can go we can go ahead because the story is not uh, is not have a, a finish, not have a finish because I, I, I um, because uh, um, they lived uh, in in a in a period. And uh, they lived uh, all uh, all their adventures um, that can can uh, be um, more and more with demons, uh, with uh, strange creatures uh, all over the world. Yes, I could see that. Um, Dave mentioned that uh, it was sort of like Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's. Uh, is very wonderful, and I do think people are going to love Owl Girls when they see it. Uh, I, I hope that Owl um, uh, Girls um, began uh, um, a new, a new, a new way to to see the comic because uh, they haven't uh, um, um, a, um, a genre because uh, can be horror can be thriller can be romance um but however they are noir yes very noir uh, and and it is and this is perfect because we can we can uh, um surf around uh, uh, in these genres and uh, and uh, robert sodaro that uh, that writes the, um, the scripts uh, um, can uh, can can uh, be very um, uh, I can say um, can do what what they, what what uh, what he wants um, and all girls uh, um, I, I put all my heart in this comic. Um, every day I I draw it I draw uh, because I want to grow up and I need that this uh, comic grow up because it's my first comic um, so <laughs> I cross my fingers. Oh, good luck! It's so beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> okay, Raquel, thank you so much for letting us uh, talk to you from Italy. Uh, thanks to you. Okay, I'm going to go and talk to Robert now, and we're going to talk all about that script. Okay. Robert Sedaro, so you are the the script writer on Owl Girls by Red Anvil Comics. Yes, I am. So you have you been – were you always going to be on the project from the beginning? Yes. Um, the uh, – as I, you know, as I keep relating the story, Dave is is an amazing artist, and I've met Dave – I don't know, six, eight years ago, something like that, when uh, he started working on his, uh, uh, I met him through mutual friends. He was working on um, the War of the Independence. 
and which was a, a a huge, huge project where he was taking it. Um, anybody who's ever read comic books knows that every once in a while, Marvel and DC, they had these huge cross-title uh, team-ups where all the Avengers and the X-Men and the Spider-Man and everybody, they all get together for one big project, one big one big battle or something sometimes. Exactly, and, yeah, they uh, do, uh, do a big epic thing. Right, and uh, so Dave decided, you know what, he was tired of that. He wanted to do something with the independent characters. So he got, I don't know, 100 or so independent characters to, uh, uh, creators to lend them their characters so he could make this epic six-part adventure. He's got the first three issues of it down. He's working on issue four right now, I believe. Um, and I, have a, I had a couple of girls called uh, uh, Wolf Girls. Yes, I'm, I'm attracted to girls. <laughs> but, okay, we'll we'll get that clear. Okay, just because. But anyway, um, I, I also have a I also have a webzine called uh, um, Girl Scout Wars, so I, it's a whole thing for me. But anyway, that's beside the point. Strong women have always attracted me. Um, so anyway, the uh, uh, I lent him my characters, the, the Wolf Girls, so I got to know Dave a little bit, and you know he and, and I I've helped him out a little bit with some editorial stuff on the um, the War of the Independence, and um, he then I guess he was. He was online and he was just going through websites and he found Rachel's artwork um, and she had this great, she has this amazing style. I might have said that already, but. Uh, yeah, it really is spectacular. Oh so I can't, I can't wait for people to check it out. It, it's a cross between Mike Mignola and Steve Ditko. Yeah. And I'm a huge, huge Steve Ditko fan. So. When and, and I guess he was chatting with her, and she said, and he wanted to know what it was, and you know what what, what she had, what what her idea was, and she kind of gave him a little bit of a background. But he said, "What are you doing with it?" And she said, "I don't know. What would you like to do with it?" Well, I kind of like to do comic books. Have you ever done comic books before? Nope. She had no idea. She just had this these these beautiful beautiful illustrations. And Dave said, "Well, my buddy Bob's a writer. Let's see if he wants to do it." And he reached out to me, and he he showed me the artwork. And I was immediately captivated by it. It's just absolutely stunning. And I said, "Sure, let's let me talk to uh, let me talk to Rachel." So we started chatting back and forth, and we did a Skype session. And she gave me her background, and she she sent me uh, some 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 deep background documents of that she had uh, who the characters were, how they were related, so just uh, some general information. And I said, "All right, let me work on it." Now, to give you a little bit of my background. I uh, um, I started reading comic books in the uh, early 60s. So I, I actually started reading comics at the dawn of the Silver Age. I, I read the all the early uh, um, Marvel comics, the introduction of Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and Thor. And, and I read, uh, uh, the, uh, I, I read the, the DC comics where the two Flashes met and, and, and all that stuff. So I, I read all this stuff. I started working in the industry as a professional in the early 80s. Okay, that's great. Yeah, because I wanted to know, I mean, obviously when you, a lot of us grow up with the superheroes, so I figured it had to come from somewhere. I was wondering how far back it went for you. All the way back to the dawn of time. <laughs> uh, but, I, and I, I, I mean, I started reading the, you know, uh, um, Charlton comics and Archie comics, and I would read everything. There used to be a lot, a lot of different houses, and I read, I read all the comics that came out. It wasn't just superhero stuff. I mean, I read war comics and westerns and romance comics and, you know, all the, all the silly teen comics and such. And, and eventually I kind of settled on the, the superhero stuff because when I found Spider-Man, that's, that was it for me. I, I, was, really, I was really hooked by that. Um, the, uh, I think he has the greatest mantra 
ever with great power great responsibility. And that's to be applied across any genre, as far as I'm concerned. It really is um, an iconic phrase, a golden rule, if you will, that that just exceeds beyond comics. Sure. It's it's absolutely stunning. So I I, I went to... uh, um, So I I started doing that, and in the early 80s, I started writing for Amazing Heroes, which was a uh, a comic fanzine, or a prosine, actually, at the time. And... um, I, I, I started writing for them, and I started writing for some other uh, uh, comic book publications. And so I spent a, a fair amount of time as a journalist in the field of comics, uh, writing about them. And then I went to, in the mid-'80s or so, I, um, I pitched a series called Agent Unknown to uh, Denny Lobert, who is uh, Dave Sims' ex-wife. She, they, they had split, and, he had, and she started her own Renegade Press. So I did this uh, spy book, uh, three issues of a of a series called of Agent Unknown for her, and um, that was kind of it for a little bit. I did a I did a, a, a some some a couple installments of a one pan, one page uh, gag strip for a magazine called Video Gaming Illustrated, and that was it for my comic book fifteen minutes for a while, and I then I went back into doing uh, uh, journalism and writing for virtually every comic book magazine that came out in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I really, I could, it was easier for me to tell you who I didn't write for than, <laughs> than who you did. Yeah, I was, I was for a time period uh, probably the most prolific uh, uh, journalist in the field of comics, writing for pretty much everybody. And, and it was it's since been pointed out to me that I'm probably the longest continuously uh, published journalist in the field of comics. Well, congratulations! Well, you should have an award. Yes, I, I should. I think I should. I, and I think the, and I think the award is that everybody should buy Owl Girls. Uh, I think that would be a great, a great award. Well, it really would. Right, and then, and about about six, eight years ago, um, uh, a buddy of mine, Mark Maz, who was uh, uh, he, he was doing a, um, a, a small press, uh, uh, independent comic book called, uh, um, oh God, uh, Psychosis, and he asked me for a short story. And I said, you know, Mark, listen, I can't, you know, I, I haven't written for a while. And I tried to, I tried to pass on it. He said, no, 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 I need you to write for me. And that's where the, the Wolf Girls storyline came from. So that kind of got me back into, into writing comic books. And I've been writing, and since then I've written for a number of other small press people. Uh, I've done some, I've published a couple of comics with Pronto Comics. I've been doing some work for Main Enterprises. Uh, and then I, I hooked up with uh, um, Joe Martino, who at the time was doing JGM Comics as his, his own imprint. He, right. And before Joe uh, and he Joe merged and, with Red Anvil. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Joe and, and Dave have merged, have since merged. And now I'm doing editorial work for both of them. And Joe has me writing his uh, Cyberine Corps, which is a uh, one of the, some of his characters. It's kind of a Captain America shield paramilitary group, which is a lot of fun because it's, it's, it's superhero comics, which I which I really hadn't done. And all this time, I, I've done all kinds of other different kinds of comics, but not that. But anyway, kind of circle around back to, to uh, Owl Girls. Um, the, um, you know, Dave got me hooked into this and he said, you know, you want to do this? And I said, sure. So I spent, I spent a couple of weeks researching owls and, and owl mythology and owl lore. And it turns out that pretty much every culture in the world has some kind of legend or mythology about owls. And, and they all have this 
I, I don't know, there's a mystical ability with owls or some such thing. I, I kind of incorporated a lot of that and um, um, trying to figure out what to, what to do with these girls. And, and I had the background. You know, they're, they're three sisters. They're, they're like, they act as theories. They, they commune with, the, with, uh, with death. They live in 1940s Soho, and uh, they, they are Italian. Uh, um, and they have their, they live above a, uh, a, mor- a mortuary and, uh, uh, their, uh, um, the older sister is in love with the uh, mortician who runs the mortuary, uh, Gabaldi. And, and he, he, and, and that, and death is a character in this and death. If you've read, uh, uh, Neil Gaiman's and you've seen what his, his view of death is, or read any of Jim Starlin and seen what his view of death is, our view of death is, is different. We, we have a different, uh, um, She's very unique, and that's one of the things I was excited to talk to Dave about was, uh, you know, that there's – her look is spectacular, and yet we're – we don't really have a grasp of her powers, like – or, I mean, other than she's death, but of any of the of the abilities of the characters really yet, except she sort of kind of gives commands to the sisters somehow. Yeah, the, the – um... I used the first issue to really introduce the characters. I tried to be very minimalistic in my writing because I want people to see what Rachel's artwork looks like. Yeah, that's that's apparent because it's, uh, you know, the action, even when it's subtle action, people going from room to room and, uh, you know, slight things like the dialogue is, it's condensed and it's brief and, um, but you could still tell that these are, you know, real ways that people would, would talk to each other. Like it says, it says enough, Yeah. but I can't wait to learn more about them because this, like the first issue really is such an introduction that I, I don't know what the story is going to be. Like what's other than there's like organized crime introduced. Yes. This is, this was kind of the, uh, it's, if you, anytime you watch, uh, um, TV programs, dramatic TV programs. This is the uh, the first five minutes of a TV program that sets up what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, we get we get all these amazing visuals. Um, the I was telling telling Raquel about how how great it it is that she designed them where they're they're still like they're beautiful. They're they're scary, but they're beautiful at the same time. Absolutely. The uh, uh, and Dave is doing. He's really mentoring uh, 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 Rachel, and he's because she really has never done sequential work. She's done all these spot illustrations, and her spot illustrations. If you go on our our Owl Girls uh, website uh, Facebook page, you'll see she's just got this amazing. She's doing all this this uh, um, these, these water washes uh, just. And, and uh, pastels are just beautiful stuff. And um, and Dave, so, but she she really had no understanding of uh, um, screenshots. You know, I, I I'm a I'm also a film buff, so I'm writing full script, and I'm trying to uh, use my knowledge of, of of film to do close ups and pullbacks and two shots and rack focuses. And uh, can you tell I have a, a media studies background? Yes, I, I, I'm following a little bit there. Um, because I know some people, if if you're working with an artist who, like if you were scripting for Dave, it would be a really different script 
than scripting, you know, for somebody who's never done sequentials before because you need to be very specific. Whereas with somebody who's, you know, got years and years of experience, you might not need to say something like, you know, close up on the guy jumping through the window because when all you're doing is describing a guy jumping through the window, that's enough for an artist to If I was working with Dave directly, I would I'd probably work more Marvel style and just give overviews of what the, what I'm, you know, what the, what I'm talking about, you know, we would talk the script out a little bit, and and Rachel and I have talked the script out a bit. You know, uh, the first one we we really just chatted. We chatted, as I said, we skyped uh, for about uh, um, I don't know half hour, forty five minutes or so, and I uh, just wanted to get a background. We talked about our our you know just a little bit about ourselves, and uh, uh, and and then I I've since chatted with her more to find out well how did they actually meet? How did they? How did they, I mean, as it turns out, uh, they met during the war, and, and the girls are Italian citizens, while Gebediah is, a, uh, is an American citizen, and he was a soldier. And these are very important. These are going to come to be very important elements as the story goes on. And um, so I'm really following uh, her lead in the things that she set up and, uh, uh, as, as I move forward. And the, in the second issue, you get to see a little bit more of their power as they uh, as they very handily deal with these uh, thugs who have come into their house brandishing weapons, something that uh, they're a little bit uncomfortable with, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And now um, you've got a story arc planned out for, all, like, are you outlined out for, like, five issues? Yes, I, I know where the story is going to go. I know how it's going to end. I've got it all the way plotted to the end. I, uh, as I, as you see, the first issue is already done. We did a, we did a very successful Kickstarter, which, by the way, was nerve wracking beyond belief. I can imagine. Oh, yeah, I talked to Dave all about the Kickstarter. Oh my God, uh, um, Joe actually did has done uh, uh, two uh, successful Kickstarters, three maybe, and um, he he this, what the second yeah three the second one he literally put himself into the hospital. He was working it so much. Yeah, Kickstarters are not set it and forget it. You really have to pump it up. And I I was really pushing the the Kickstarter very, very, very hard. I was doing uh, I did all these memes where where I would take images and put uh, dialogue balloons in them about talking to about uh, uh, joining Kickstarter and and, and supporting us. And, And the first ones were all comic book related. I used Dave's and Joe's characters to have them cross promote the Owl Girls. By the end, I was using Star Trek and President Kennedy and President Reagan, and just it became really hilariously fun for me to to do that. Um, so anyway, we we got this. The second issue is written, and and Rachel's drawing it now. I am I've got the third issue uh, blocked out uh, in in broad strokes. I have to actually write the script still, and I know where issues four and five are going to go after that. And where the breaks are. Well, that's fantastic, though. I really wish you, you know, you guys the best of luck because it's the the first issue is so intriguing that I, you know, it's like it's a good thing but a bad thing to say. Oh, but I want more because like you want people to be happy with you know how you how you plotted already, and at the same time, but you want them to be excited for the next thing. So. Um, this, I mean, I could even see this being like a really fun, like you know, animated type thing because it's just, it's it, it's the characters are seem so interesting, um, 
And, you know, obviously there's some period pieces that are, you know, really popular on TV right now, like Mad Men and stuff like that. So um, I think that there's there's definitely a niche for it. I don't I can't imagine anything else in comics comparing to this, except, you know, vaguely something supernatural ish like Hellboy. Um, I know supernatural Westerns are a big thing, but this is entirely different. Yeah, it is. And it's. uh Again, it's it's you know it was it was Rachel's idea. It's uh, it's being propelled by Dave, and it's just being steered by me. So you know, it's really it's a lot of fun. It's a real uh, honest collaboration. In, in fact, at the end of the second issue or first issue, the uh, uh, the boy, uh, um, the young lad from across the street, he comes into the into the girl's bedroom and says, "There's danger. There's danger." And they go, oh, what? and then they come in, and, they, and that's when the thugs come in with uh, uh, Federico, the uh, um, the assistant. And I'm looking at, it, and I went, oh, that was a mistake. That's not the way it was supposed to be. You, you mixed up two characters. And Dave went, oh no, I have, we have to redraw those images. I said, wait, before you redraw it, let me go back and read it, and and see what I can do. So I went, I, I went back and I reread the the first issue, the way they had it, with my dialogue, and then I read my the script to issue two and i went you know what that actually works better leave it the way it is i'll rewrite the beginning of, of chapter two to fit what you have because it actually is going to work out better that's wonderful yeah. i'm it, it, it was it was great because you know what i'm not above it's 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 interesting because i feel i feel an ownership on it but it's not my characters they're they're rachel's characters but we all feel a proprietary ownership with these characters, so we're being very protective of them, and we're being very, uh, as I said, collaborative with them. It's, it's great. So, Bob, are you going to be traveling at all with um, Joe and Dave to any of the conventions? I, uh, I I hope so. You know, we haven't worked out the schedule yet. We haven't. Uh, it's a little, uh, you know, different. it's early. I mean, it's January, so yeah, it's, it's just it's still January, and we still we're still waiting. I guess we have the um, the issue is sent out to Diamond. They're they're, they're now considering it for uh, for distribution along with uh, some other um, uh, Red Anvil product that we have uh, and that's already been done or being done. And uh, we, we're trying to get, a, get all of it pitched as a, uh, as a company rather than look at this one title. Because, you know, if, if you say, look at this one title, Diamond kind of goes, well, can you do it? Can you do it again? But we have five or six different books that we've already produced and either individually or together. And we can say, look, here, look at all these books that we've done. And if we start issuing the stuff that we already have issued independently, it'll give us time to produce more books to fill the rest of the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yes, to you, go back to your question, yes, I hope that, you know, they're both in Jersey. They're, they're at two different locations in Jersey, and I'm, uh, I'm in Connecticut. So uh, we, we really need kind of to sit down all together and, um, and talk about what, what shows we want to go to and what shows are available and, you know, stuff like that. I and then we can hope that it's it's so successful that then the whole team gets to go over to Italy with Rachel to go to Luca, right? Absolutely. Or get get Rachel to come here for uh, for Comic-Con. For Comic-Con. Yeah. Um yeah, I've heard really good things about the show in in Italy though. That I I it's everybody that gets to go there just says it's the like the best Comic-Con. I would love to do that because I uh, uh inadvertently and stupidly passed up the opportunity to go to Italy when I was in my 20s. And um, I'm very sorry that I did. I actually still have relatives living over in Ischia, 
uh, it's an island off the coast of Italy, right around Naples. Oh, that would yeah, well, that'd be cool. Hopefully, it works out for you. I really hope it does. So, Bob, where can people find you online and keep track of you? Obviously, there's the Red Anvil website and Owl Girls on Facebook. Do you know? Do you have places where people could follow you specifically? Yes, I, I'm also on Facebook, but I'm also uh, I write for Examiner.com. Okay. So, uh, if you, if you were and I write about uh, I write about comic books, uh, literature, pr- prose books, uh, film. Uh, local events here in Connecticut and uh, and TV. I just did a bunch. I just did a uh, actually. I just interestingly enough, I, I just broke a story about how uh, there's there's a uh, a new Star Trek uh, a TV show uh, in the making, and uh, I was I was granted an exclusive on on that. So I was I wrote about that a little bit, which I and I got to broke the story before TMZ. So wow, fantastic! So that was kind of, that was kind of cool for me. Um, I have a I have a a, a personal blog called. Uh, um, is nothing sacred, um, but uh, it's a case that that's that's something I did. I just put random comic book stuff on that one. Um, it's not most of mostly these days. I'm on uh, most of my work, as I said, is shown is showing up in uh, um, on Examiner.com. But I all and 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 I do work for Main Enterprises, which is uh, one of the comic book companies I I work for. And I, I also do. Uh, uh, some layout and design work for them, uh, uh, graphic production, producing some of the magazines. That's good. I look forward to seeing more of your work out there. Yeah, um, freelanceinc.blogspot.com is my uh, is my blog. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for your time, Bob. All right. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me. All right, and you guys, of course, don't forget that you can follow me at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter and everything else at amberunmapped.com. So we're going to let the whole team of Owl Girls go back to their hard work in producing this wonderful, beautiful comic. And uh, don't forget, stay tuned to Vodka Clock. Oh, yeah, and I'm also, I, I also, on Twitter, I don't want to step on your, uh, your, your sign-out, but I do, uh, I'm on uh, Funny Book, at Funny Book City. I'm- Fantastic. I love Twitter. Yes, it's, fun. it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, I will follow you there as well. All right, then. Thank you.